Welcome back to the Mind the Mirror and Me. This is our third episode, um, and I am here again with Tony, my father. Um, hey, I'm here again. Like it's a big pain in your backside. This guy again. Yeah, or I'm so grateful, I'm delighted, and honored, and delighted to be joined. Oh, thanks, Mackie. Tony Overbay. So nice. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Thank you. What a joy. What a pleasure to be here. Joy. Okay, this is our third episode. And for this episode, we, to be completely honest, are kind of winging it, but in a in a good, fun, chill way. Intentionally winging it. Yeah, truly intentionally winging it. And we are just kind of going to do a little therapist reacts in a sense. I gathered some little quotes and things that I like <laughs> that make life seem a little bit more bearable to me. And I'm just going to throw them at you and you're going to react and we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to be super honest because I have strong opinions that there are the wrong tools and on occasion being used in the mental health world. So I worry, see what I'm doing here. Uh I'm noticing that I may find worry in you throwing out something that means a great deal to you. But I'm stomping on it. (laughs) Yeah. And then I'm going to say, oh, that's dumb, Mackie. But I'll say it in a really professional, nice way. I'll say, oh, I I appreciate that. I'll do that. And then spit some facts at me and it'll be okay. Yes, I will. Okay. It's, you know, I'll self-confront and grow and whatever, right? Hey, look at you. Yeah. Yeah. I pay attention. Okay. Um, And just to give a little bit more on that, our topic kind of that these all are going to circle back to is the idea that we all maybe overcomplicate our lives a little bit or prioritize things that don't necessarily help us (laughs) or benefit us in any way. So this is a gentle nudge to maybe stop overcomplicating your life. Are you ready for me to spit some words at you? Yeah. And I agree with what you just said. See, I'm ready. (laughs) You're paying attention. Yep. Okay. First one I've got for you. You are not damaged. You are not socially handicapped. You are young and you are learning how to live. Write that down. I am very young and I am learning how to live. Tape it to the wall by your bed and read it every morning. You are very, very young. You are learning how to live. And before I let you talk on that, I have one that goes with that as well. Okay. Okay. This one just kind of a silly one. It says, sorry for being so weird. It's my first time being alive. Oh, you, okay. You stole all my thunder then because I was going to first say that that sure emphasized being young. So I felt a little bit picked on. I know. That's why I wanted to throw the other one of just, you know, maybe not yeah. necessarily I'm very young, but just I'm learning how to live. This is my first time being alive. Yeah. Okay. So this brings me to a story, Mac, that you were a part of. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. So after Alex got in her accident and then you and I went and watched her husband, Mitch, graduate from college. Do you remember that? I do. Okay. And I know we're going to talk in a future episode about ADHD and anxiety, but I play the role of ADHD. And I had impulsively booked a hotel room that was very far away from the place that we were staying. You did. And so then the last night, (laughs) yeah, the last night I didn't want to do it anymore. And so then I impulsively booked a hotel right in town. Do you remember that? Uh Uh-huh. And I left my AirPods there when we left. Do you remember that? I forgot, but yeah, you sure did. Yeah. So I thought that I did a hilarious episode on the virtual couch that I don't think people really understood the hilarity, but it had to do with this where that concept of 
you're going through life for the first time. And so I came on an episode and I said, check this out. Every single time that my daughter's gotten in a car accident and my son-in-law has graduated college and I've gone to watch him with my other daughter, that's you, and we stay far away from the town until the last night where we impulsively book a hotel in town and then we get up and leave from there. Every single time I've done that, I've lost my AirPods. Every single time. Yeah. But you know what? That's okay because it's the first time you've been living this life. It's the first time you've had every single one of those. And that is silly because yeah, every time all of those things lined up, you've forgotten your AirPods. 100% of the time. time. Yeah. Crazy. Because I maybe have lost an AirPod or two in my day. And so that was a powerful moment where I was noticing that I had left them. And I was also noticing that we were a couple hours away from the hotel at that point. And I was noticing that I was also kind of hungry. And I was noticing that we were having fun singing songs. And so why was I attaching so much meaning to that thought other than the fact that I was going to have to buy more AirPods? But I was (laughs) using that to give myself grace. And then the super funny thing to me is that the case literally said virtual couch podcast. And then I don't know if you remember this, but I was able to watch them for quite a while and I would give updates of them on my podcast. And at one point I remember they were at a Burger King and they used to drive back and forth. I think they lived in Idaho Falls and eventually they got the to person, travel a little bit. That's they did. No, they saw a lot of Idaho and that was really free exciting. advertising. But, yeah. But tell me, so what does that quote mean to you though? Cause that, so to me, I'm right there with it. You're not broken. You're human. You're a combination of all your nature and nurture and birth order and DNA and abandonment and rejection and hopes and dreams and fears. And so you think, feel and behave the way you do because you do. And so when you start from that place, then that's a really cool place. It's anything, but what's wrong with me? I'm broken. I shouldn't think that. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm me. And I thought that. And so there you go. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think it's so interesting to me because I think for whatever reason we, or at least I kind of just assume that other people have it all figured out and know exactly what they're doing and what's going on. And I think a lot of us do this, especially with our parents. I feel like there comes a time when we get older where we realize, oh, they've never done this before. Like they don't know what's going on either. They're just kind of winging it. They're just people. This is their first time. And I think it's almost funny that we just kind of assume that for whatever reason, certain people are lucky enough to just have figured it out or to never have any issues or to never do anything dumb or never feel confused or question what they're doing here or what their purpose is or what to do next or whatever it is. And so I just think it's like, it's funny that we all kind of try to put on this front, I guess is my point there, where it's like, we've all kind of never done this before. so. It's okay to not know everything and it's okay to not be perfect at everything. And it's okay to not even be good at some things. I I like how it says in that quote to write it down and tape it up on your wall and have it somewhere where you can see it and just remind yourself that it's okay that you don't know everything. And it's okay that you don't have everything figured out because how could you, or how would you, because you've never before. And so when was the first time you figured out mom didn't have everything figured out? (laughs) Honestly, it's kind of embarrassing how long I think it took me because I think for like almost the whole time I lived at home to some extent, I feel like I just kind of thought she's got this, she's got to figure it out. She knows everything. And, and I, I was joking I still, saying just heard that you missed my funny there. No, I'm I saying, did, but I, okay. you know, cause you know everything, right? I, oh, well, stop. <laughs> See, I got it. I got it. Okay. I no. Okay. But that's, that's funny though. So you're just starting to figure that out now. 
Yeah. And I think it is, honestly, it's a comfort for people too, though. I still just call you guys with little dumb things that I don't know the answer to or can't figure out. And I, and there's part of me that's like, well, they have to have the answer because I don't. And it's like, <laughs> no, you guys are new here too. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll make it up though. If you want us to, I appreciate it. You do a good job of that. But that's funny though. Cause back on the virtual couch podcast, when we were talking about ways to communicate with your adult children and I was talking about, okay, I can offer you some words or thoughts mm-hmm. and I could even say, man, I hear you. And I I've never been in that scenario, but here are my thoughts. But then what are those often met with? If we're at that point, maybe a, yeah, but if you're saying, well, what should I do? And if I say, well, I don't know, maybe this, well, yeah, but I, that doesn't, yeah. You know. It's like, you're just trying to offer me up something because you're doing this for the first time too. Yeah. I don't remember what it was like when I was a 20 something year old young woman, you know? <laughs> That's crazy. I thought you knew everything about that. But that is also back to the worlds of emotional immaturity is somebody that thinks that they do have to have an opinion or they feel like they know what somebody else is going through or another experience that they can weigh in on everything from my doctor should have done this to the, the, you know, the Utah jazz coaches and an idiot. He should have done this. And you know what you need to do Mackie, because that's the person that if you have that strong of an opinion on everything and you think that you're right, that's actually a, that's a problem. It's actually not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not. But yeah, so I just think it's it's interesting. And then I I have a little another little quote thing that kind of potentially goes slightly hand in hand with at least bringing up the parent thing and the getting older thing. <laughs> so this one says, actually, I love growing older and learning how I work as a person, like realizing what kinds of fabrics feel best on my skin or what brand of yogurt I like best watching myself change, enjoying Brussels sprouts when I used to hate them as a child, understanding why I got angry in that one conversation 10 years ago. There's so many mysteries inside me that I have yet to unravel and there will be, there will always be more. And sometimes I think maybe it's all worth it. Kind of takes it away from the the parent child thing, but just as an individual. Yeah. That there is something kind of fun or there's like a beauty to the fact that we don't know all the things. And we get to grow and change and learn. And it all kind of comes from within. Ah, That was a beautiful one because it is part of the maturation process to realize you don't know what you don't know. And therefore, then why would I think that I, again, back to that, I have an opinion on everything because there are so many things I don't know about. And then it becomes empowering to say the words, I'm not sure, or I don't know. Or it well, really tell me what your help. experience is. Yeah. It's, it is weirdly freeing to get to a point where you can just be like, you know, what? I don't know. I'm maybe going to figure it out. Maybe working on it. <laughs> maybe it's not something yeah. that's important to me. And maybe I don't feel the need to put all this time and energy into that. But yeah, it's like we do get to grow and change and learn. Yeah, And it's terrifying in some ways. But if you kind of look at it from that perspective, it's like, wow, what a cool little thing we get to do. I think so. As scary as it can be. Yeah. That is kind of cool. And maybe I do want to continue to get to know who I am and learn all these things and grow. Can I read a quote that I think speaks to this? And I think you've maybe heard me give little bits of this, but there's a book called The Buddha Brain, The Practical Neuroscience of Happiness, Love, and Wisdom. And it's one of the best books I have read as a therapist. 
but the author Rick Hansen says, much as your body is built from the foods you eat, which that, I'm not a big fan of that part, but hang with me here. That's that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should have started with this next sentence. Your mind is built from the experiences you have. The flow of experience gradually sculpts your brain, thus shaping your mind. And I love how he says the flow of experience. Some of the results can be explicitly recalled. Like this is what I did last summer. This is how I felt when I was in love. But most of the shaping of your mind remains forever unconscious. And this is called your implicit memory. And it includes your expectations, your models of relationships, your emotional tendencies, and your general outlook. Right there, I love that, right? Implicit memory establishes the interior landscape of your mind or what it feels like to be you based on the slow accumulation of lived experience or the slow residue of lived experience. But then he said, here's the problem though, your brain preferentially scans for registered stores, recalls and reacts to unpleasant experiences. And he has this concept where he says, the brain is like Velcro for negative and Teflon for positive experiences. So consequently, even when positive experiences outnumber negative ones, the pile of these negative implicit memories partially grows faster. So then the background feeling of what it feels like to be you can become undeservedly glum and pessimistic. So then he says the remedy is not to suppress negative experiences when they happen because they happen. But what's really more important is to foster positive experiences and in particular take them in So they become a permanent part of you, which goes to what we're talking about. So negative things happen. Negative thoughts are there. Check it out. Those are things. But then when I can be intentional about the, but here are the things that I love and that I enjoy and that I want to do more of. And this is what's so hard, Mackie, is as somebody that I feel like I'm in therapy 10 hours a day for the last 15 years, and I'm so grateful for it to be a therapist is that I now know that everything from being mindfulness practice and bringing yourself back to the present and noticing negative thoughts and emotions and not wasting the emotional calories and bringing myself back to the present and doing things that matter and taking action that over the long period of time, the, what it feels like to be me based on the slow residue of lived experience is not bad. But when somebody's experiences the opposite, then all of a sudden I'm trying to convince them that there's another way but their experience or their implicit memory or what it feels like to be them is that, but you don't understand. And that's so hard. What do you think? That's that's crazy. And the Velcro part, it was oh. so crazy because I think that is kind of the way we work. And it's almost like you do have to put in more intentional effort in the, yeah, in the focusing on the positive or trying to even acknowledge the positive. Yes. Because you just kind of like slide right by. And yeah. There are good things, but the bad ones, they stick so much more for whatever reason, for whatever stupid reason, because I think that happens with what people say to you. If somebody says something that's not very nice to me, that is going to stay with me for pretty much ever. Never really going to go away. And somebody says something nice to me and I think about it for a minute or two and then it's like, well, back to the negative. When you put it like that there, we can be intentional about the positive things. Really can. Acknowledge them and give them some space. And maybe try to hold on to them a little bit, even if they don't have the little Velcro to hold on to. Well, and, and I appreciate what you're saying, because this is why I think when we were talking earlier that it takes longer than we think. And so maybe when you get older, you start to recognize, man, I've wasted a lot of my emotional calories on trying to find certainty or manage my anxiety or manage other people's emotions or put myself second or that then I want people to get to there a lot quicker because then life can be a whole lot better. Yeah. But it's tricky to get there. Something. Yeah, it is. You got to really start is. it early. But, but yeah. Okay. Going with 
this. I have another little one to read. It says, there comes a point where you think something is fundamentally wrong with you. And then it turns out it's just Friday and you haven't washed your hair in three days. And maybe you're also just a little lonely. And the combination of all three of those things is whittling a hole into your chest every time you breathe. But also the sun's up and you've survived everything so far. So you'll survive this too, even if it hurts, even if you have to survive it many times, which there are all these negative things and there are all these little things, even if it's the littlest things of maybe you just need to go take a shower. Maybe you just need to step outside. Yeah. Whatever it is when you're kind of feeling down, but it's so easy to feel the bad things (laughs) and focus on that and ruminate on that. But let's take a second and the sun is shining, right? Maybe you have a roof over your head or you have the job that you've been wanting, or you have a family member or friend that you love, or they love you, or maybe you bought a shirt you liked. It can be the tiniest little things, but I think we disregard the positive ones so fast, which is silly of us. Well, I love this concept because um, maybe we can talk about this on another episode, but I have this emotional baseline theory of, you know, when, when our baseline's low, we can't even reach the tools that will make us happy. And we think we have to have these big grandiose plans and tools, but I like that concept of, I just need to shower. I just need to get out of bed. But when somebody's baseline is so low, how daunting can that feel? Oh, it feels impossible. It literally feels like there is nothing you can do to get yourself to do that. Whether it is taking a shower or brushing your teeth or stepping outside, mm-hmm. it does. It gets to a point where it feels impossible. And I thought it was funny. So there's, there's so many quotes in here that I won't even read all of them, but I thought it was funny that there's so many of them that like, here's a short one. So I'll read this one, but it just says, you are not unlovable. You are just sad and a little bit angry. Let's go have some soup. There are like four other quotes in here that the solution is make some soup or go have some soup or, yeah. you know, little things like that. And I just thought it was funny because sometimes life gets so crazy and complicated and big and scary. Sometimes the solution is just, Hey, take a step back, come back to the present and yeah, maybe make yourself some food and just absolutely there and eat the food. Or if it's go take the shower or brush your teeth, but everything kind of comes down to these simple things, these simple solutions that we don't even realize could be helpful because it's so easy to focus on or feel that this is scary and heavy and negative. Yeah. Um, so go make some soup, go eat some food and then see how you feel after that. Another one, this eat a fruit that you like, take a little walk and pay attention to the trees, dance to music alone in your room. It's the small things that will heal you. Which again, it's this common thing that all of like so many of these quotes just circle back to that. And I think it's, I don't know. It's almost like, Hey, make a list for yourself when you, when your emotional baseline yes. is high, lot, right? When you're, yes. yeah, your emotional baseline's high or decent, make a list. I've had a list in my phone of some of these things that just, whether, you know, whether it's cake, yeah. go try going for a walk or try for me, like play the piano or get your painting stuff out or lately building Legos, <laughs> like, yeah. whatever it is. But just, I think it's so nice to just make a list of and again, these little tiny things, yes. like I feel like there has to be a rule. It has to be something that you can, you have can get to in like a minute or less or less. Just, yeah. Or less that just could potentially make life feel a little bit less scary or intense or whatever it is. 
Because we think we have to do the big, but but that won't help me get a job. And well, and actually, actually it will, because it, you won't get the job if you don't get out of bed, period. But right. those little steps will build these gradual building blocks in essence. Because right. I think it is, it's too easy almost to then focus on the, yeah, well, that's not going to make me any money or yeah, that's not going to get me that job or that's not going to find me my partner, whatever your specific thing is. It feels pointless sometimes to do like, okay, if I go brush my teeth right now, what is that going to do? Yeah. It's going to help a little bit on the inside. It's going to help you heal a little bit. It's going to help raise that emotional baseline. Even if it's a tiny, tiny bit. Even as a tiny bit. So I had this guy who wrote a book called The Fun Habit. His name was Michael Rucker and he was on my podcast and it was a little bit of a phoned in interview, so to speak. And then we really got vibing. And then he said this quote, and I want to use this more. He said, time is this really rubbery thing. He said, and it becomes interesting when you don't realize you're wasting time. Because he said, because when you're in those moments that aren't really encoding new memories, then they just fly by. But then when we reminisce back on them, they get condensed as one memory. So so we actualize them in a strange manner where when you think we're kind of led to believe through cognitive air that I was just passing time. But he said, when you start to encode richer experiences, those are the things that start to light you up because now you have a whole tapestry of really cool stuff. He said, the fact that we now know that the brain is a predictive engine more than a cause and effect allows us to make better predictions. Like I start to believe that if I know I'm going to eventually have fun, then I want to start doing the thing instead of the, well, this may not be great, so I'm just not going to do it. The part that I think is really interesting, though, is that concept of where he says that when we don't do things, we combine it all into this big bucket of, I just was wasting time. But when we do things, everything we do becomes part of this rich tapestry of our existence. And then we, and when we think about things, you built Legos, we brushed our teeth, we went on a walk. But when we don't do anything, we just wasted time. Like that's all in the same bucket. But every one of those things that you do that builds that tapestry of your life becomes something that you now recognize. I like this. I don't like this. I want to do more of this. I want to avoid this. I want to share this experience. So kind of what we were talking about a little earlier too. I love that. That was great. And I, I think it's, it's cool to think of it in that way because it is the little things. Life is kind of about the little things, which mm-hmm. is not advertised. It's not. <laughs> and we can bring social media into this, but you're always seeing everybody do the big things and you're always seeing the great moments of everyone's lives these days. And Typically, if you're meeting up with an old friend, you're talking about the biggest things about their life, right? You're talking about the crazy big changes and these really cool things that they did. And rarely in those conversations or in those posts is somebody going to be like, yeah, I built this little Lego set or I painted this little thing or I started playing the piano again or I went on a walk or I went on a run and I haven't done that in a long time. Those things aren't advertised and we don't see those things. Or again, brushing your teeth or taking a shower or buying something you really wanted or doing anything, anything little like that. It's rarely shown or talked about or advertised. And so I think it's just easy to almost assume that other people don't ever have to struggle with little things or worry about little things like that, or it makes it feel like if that's all you're doing, it's not good enough. When the reality is it is more than good enough. And the fact that you are doing the things, however small they are, it's like that, that is it right there. Yeah. 
So I love that, that it is, you're building this tapestry. And so even if you're doing something that feels small and doesn't feel like it's going to get you to a goal of yours that you have, you're adding to this little tapestry of your yeah. life. And it's all your implicit memory, what it feels yeah. like to be you. So we're yeah. kind of getting a theme here, right? Yes. And then you're adding these positive things to that, that then, which even if we're going back to getting to know yourself or learning things about yourself, any time spent in your brain can be time that you're using to learn things about yourself or form opinions or decide yes. what you care about. And so say you are building a Lego set. And you know, for me, I'm sitting in my apartment alone, building a Lego set. And maybe I have some music on or a show on or yeah. whatever it is, but it's ultimately time spent in my brain and it's me spending time with me. And yes. so even though I'm doing something that, you know, building a Lego set is not going to get me a boyfriend or make me money or, yeah. <laughs> you know, anything like that, but it is time spent with me and it's time spent to think and grow and learn that, you know, I, I like doing this. I like, you know, have having something to do with my hands and I like being able to think and put something together. And in that, I think then you do get to kind of learn, even if it's a tiny little thing, you get to yes. learn a little bit more about yourself and what you like. And again, adding to that tapestry, which is really cool. <laughs> it really is because, uh, and nothing. Yeah. Like it's, it really that, is doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the doing nothing is again, ruminating, beating yourselves up, worrying, what about the past? Okay. Yep. That happened. And I worry about the future. Yeah. That, that is the thing, but I'm doing right now in the, in the present. Hey, I think we, so we were together over the weekend and we were having some fun conversations. And uh, I think one of the things we were talking about that I do often think of, and I don't know if this is one that just happens over time, or I think one has to be more intentional, but I think we were talking about how difficult it can be if you're doing those things and no one else knows. And it's that, you know, if the tree falls in the forest, does it make a noise right. thing? And and I think I was telling you that, yeah, that's, or yeah, because yeah. we want validation. We want to be seen. We want to be understood. But it's almost like the path to enlightenment is moving from needing someone else to say, I, I see you and you're good to knowing I am good and I am worthy of being seen. But I know that is a process. Yeah. So, yeah, what's that like for you? It's hard. It's definitely something I've had to work on, especially because I'm not in a relationship. I live in a state that is not where my family lives. And I moved here not knowing a ton of people here. So I have had to do a lot of things myself and not get any validation, Yeah, which can kind of suck sometimes, but it gets easier and it gets better. But that's actually funny. I think about, so back in high school, I remember my cousins would make fun of me for this because every time I would go on a run. I would post it on my Snapchat story like every yeah. single time. And I would say how many miles I did, which, you know, back in the day, it was a decent amount, but yeah. without fail, every single run. And this was like almost every day. And I would post it on my Snapchat story because I needed somebody to be like, yeah. that was so cool. Or how'd you do that? Or I can't believe you did that. I needed that validation. And I still like now years later, will find myself sometimes if I go to the gym, there's part of me almost every time that's like, well, maybe go put on your story and show people that you went to the gym or, you know, show <laughs> yeah. people that you went up to the Canyon and went on a walk or show people that you painted something. Or yes. if I'm playing the piano, I'm like, well, maybe I'll like, you know, work on something really good and I'll share it and whatever, which not a bad thing if you want to share your Right. Thing, right. Absolutely. But a lot of those things, my intention or what I wanted out of it was that I needed somebody to tell me 
or to react. I needed somebody Absolutely. to give validation of some sort. And so it's been something I've been working on where I can do these things just to do them for me. And I don't need somebody to tell me anything. It was the time where I seriously, I think I felt like if I didn't tell somebody about it or I didn't post about it, it didn't matter or it yeah. almost didn't count even, which if you go on a walk or you go to the gym or whatever it is, it counts. Like you, <laughs> yeah. you burned the calories, you strengthen the muscle, you did whatever. And that doesn't only matter if you share it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, Mackie, it's beautiful. Cause I feel like the point, I mean, I've been a lifelong runner and I went through those periods too, where I wanted everybody to know training for the next race or how yeah. so I did or Miles, I did, I woke up yeah. and just, I did this and like, oh, yeah. I did that. Yeah. I, and it's embarrassing because now I just, it's part of who I am and I do it because I love it. And I love being up and moving and exercising yeah. and listening to things. And I don't have to tell anybody. Which, okay. So then you tell me, how do you get to that point? I think it's, I love, I think it's the theme of, of, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's the theme of what we're talking about today is that it just gradually over time, my implicit memory or what, yeah, or what it feels like to be me is just that it becomes part of what I do and what I enjoy and what I love because I went from this ultra marathon career to then tearing a meniscus playing basketball and then feeling like I lost my identity. Mm -hmm. And so I, for me personally, I think it took that for me to then come back. And as a matter of fact, Mackie, if you remember, you played a pretty cool role in this where, I do like tracking my stats. I'm a yeah. stats guy. And so I wanted to post things on Strava because Strava is, it just has a really easy way to track all your runs and bikes yeah. and like all that. It's like social media for running. Or yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And I remember telling you that it was hard for me because my times were slow and I wasn't doing 20 miles a week, a weekend day or whatever. And I wasn't doing 10 miles in a day and my times weren't fast. And I opened up to you and said, I, it's funny, but I'm kind of struggling with that. And you literally said, why? What? What is that? You're the one telling me it doesn't matter. Do you remember that? It doesn't matter. Who cares? And I'm like, oh, I know, right? Yeah, no, yeah, that's fine. And we talk about it. But really though, because your runs, even if they were slower or not as many miles or whatever, they still counted and they still mattered. And they were still, yeah. if we want to bring the tapestry back into it or whatever. Yes. Still adding to that. And you're still doing yes. these great things. Whether somebody, you know, what, what you send kudos or whatever on Strava. Right. Yeah, Whether somebody so. gives you kudos or not, it's still yeah. great that you did those things and it's still benefiting you and helping you to grow and be better and feel better and do better. But yeah, yeah I think it is, it's hard to not receive the validation. <laughs> so I do think it is, it almost is just kind of practicing it a little bit. Yeah. That you are like I was or something like <laughs> go on, go on a run and don't post about it. And yeah. be proud of yourself and still be proud of yourself and still be excited for yourself and still note it as a win because it is, and it was, and it's great. But also if you do want to post about it, post about it. Yeah. Life's short and it doesn't matter. It's not that deep, <laughs> post, but you don't have to rely yeah. on that. Well, that's why like uh, when somebody's doing it from a place of where they enjoyed the run and they want to share or they want to track or they want to do that, then it, it is a completely means. different experience yeah. than uh, I'm doing Fair this and people great. better. Yeah. People better say, great job. <laughs> but yeah. I guess then it's kind of fun to get to a point where you can then share it and not depend on somebody telling you good job to share yeah. it because you wanted to share it, but still feel good about it. Even if nobody says anything. Yeah. But then if they do say something, then it's like, oh, cool. Thanks. So for example, being in Utah, mom and I went up the Canyon and did a little run. And then I did, I just shared it cause that's what I do. And then somebody that I hadn't heard from in a long time said, oh my gosh, I was on a bike ride. I probably passed you. 
And so then I thought, oh, that was kind of fun just it's to just, know. It's fun. Yeah. It's yeah. just a fun thing. It's fun yeah. to share the things. It's 2023. We share all the things, but. But not for validation. Not for validation. And if you do share them all for validation, it's okay. It's normal. A lot of people do. I think yeah. everyone yeah. is at that point. You know, everyone starts there. At least I'm still working on it. But maybe try to just try working on being proud of yourself. There you go. Because it is still just good. It's just doing the things is good. Have you ever seen the guy that ran up the canyon that we showed you the video of that he goes barefoot and it was on the pavement? I've I go I go up to the canyon almost every day and I've never seen him. It was wild. But, I I can't stop thinking about that barefoot on the asphalt running some pretty hefty miles. Yeah, never seen that in my whole life. And I get it, like the whole barefoot movement. And I had the toe shoes. I don't know if you remember those back oh, I in the remember. day. Yeah, you had the toe shoes. I hated them. Oh, and actually, the first time I stepped on a rock on my heel, I was done with them. Can you imagine? I'm too much of a baby. I step on one little thing or I even think about it. Like think about the idea of stepping on like a rock or something. And I'm, you know, yeah. I'm pretty happy to go put some shoes on. Exactly. But good for that guy. <laughs> Absolutely. He was loving, he was loving life. Yeah. Which again, I mean, that's what it's all about right there. Yeah. It's great. Which that's a little, that's the thing that made him happy. Probably it's the thing that makes him feel free, whatever it is. And so he's adding to his tapestry and it's great. Yeah. Matter of <laughs> fact, when he ran by, I was almost frightened that he was yelling at us, but he was yelling some song. Oh, so he was genuinely just having the yeah, time. Singing. Of and no music, no AirPods, nothing. Which power to him to not care oh, what anyone was thinking. That, he loved life. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It really was. That's so fun. Which, if we're going, let's go emotional baseline. Back to that, right? Okay. Let's say we're bringing our emotional baseline down, which we don't want to do, but let's say it's down for whatever reason. I think it's easy to feel like there is nothing like that. For instance, running barefoot up the canyon. It's easy to yeah. feel like literally nothing that could make you feel that good again or make you feel happy enough to go running up the canyon and be barefoot or whatever it is right yes i think when it really feels like there is nothing like that and so this quote makes me think things similar to that um and it sort of it says mental illness but i feel like this doesn't have to just be mental illness i feel like it can be just even life (laughs) in general Uh but um made me so desperate for joy that i forgot it was this simple Feeling the ocean against your skin, a really good guitar riff, sun on your back, holding the door for a stranger, a cold shower on a hot day. The world is like a cradle and I am just a little baby, eyes wide open. There's so much to see. But I like that. And we've kind of already talked about things like that. But I think in those moments when things are so hard or scary or we're so stressed about life, job, money, relationship, we do just forget that like it's life is simple. (laughs) I think is what I want to circle back around to, but life is a lot more simple than we maybe act like it is or even live yeah. like it is. But really, truly, I think, um, I mean, life is, it's in my opinion, <laughs> at this point <laughs> in my life, I think that life is, it's genuinely just, I mean, it's about connection and it's about finding yourself growing and just loving and being loved. And I feel like it's, it's as simple as that. Right. Yeah. In my, again, in my opinion right now, <laughs> at this yeah. point. but I think it really is just so simple and you're allowed to just step outside and sit out in the sun and just be mm. and feel 
and be like, this is good. This is cool. I don't need to be doing anything crazy. I don't need to be spending every second ruminating or thinking about all the big, scary things. This last thing I'll read, but it just says, I like to pretend I already died and asked God to send me back to earth so I can swim in lakes again and see mountains and get my heart broken and love my friends and cry so hard in the bathroom and go grocery shopping a thousand more times. And that I promised I would never forget the miracle of being here. Wow. That's pretty cool. Huh? <laughs> oh, that one hit me because on occasion I've been able to work with people that maybe don't have a whole lot of time left. And, uh, oh man, see, that'll get me all my, my feelings <laughs> there where then they just, all they want to do is be able to go back and just be with the people they care about and yeah. hug people and enjoy things and not try to control other people or try to prove their worth or try to beg for connection. And so I love that quote a lot. It's just something to think about because it, I think, again, we do overcomplicate things and we focus so much on the big and the scary and the negative sticks to us like Velcro. And yeah, just, we live our lives with that almost just this like cloud over us of the daunting, stressful things when it's, it's, cool and fun and such an opportunity to just go outside and to go grocery shopping and just sit in a room with someone you love and do the little tiny things and build the Legos and <laughs> eat the food you like, eat the soup, right? Like whatever yeah. talked about, but it is. And I like in that quote too, it brings up, get my heart broken and cry yeah. and just love my friends. But that's, that's what it's about. It, it doesn't, need to just be the big and the scary and the heavy things which is hard it's easier said than done but with everything we've talked about right like to Mm -hmm. to start you know if you haven't ever thought about it or if you notice there are things here that you've thought about or connected with that you can just start with the little things and you can focus more on the little things and again if we're going to go tapestry right but just yep to start adding little things there and building little things up that is more than good enough that's that's the point that's it right there it doesn't have to be that crazy and because of that because of how simple life actually can be you're doing better than you think you are yeah. by just doing and being <laughs> doing the little things i have nothing else to say to that mac spot yeah. on I was like a dude to not say this episode. I was not going to say you are Kenneth. Yeah, that was kind of the opportunity for you to say it though. I, but I didn't. But you didn't. Okay. No. More no, Mackie, yeah. I, I just, I love, <laughs> I love everything we talked about. Cause it really, yeah, it's the small things. And uh, we referenced the emotional baseline theory a couple of times tonight. Maybe in a future episode, we'll cover that mm-hmm. in some detail. Yeah. But yeah. So keep doing the little things. Thank you for, feeling some feelings with us, letting us just react and talk about some things. You can find me on Instagram at beauty by Mackie and you at Tony Overbay underscore LMFT. Perfect. Okay. Thanks so much for joining us and we will talk soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.